0: fitness reborn podcast is a companion piece to renaissance fitness personal training this podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only it does not in any way constitute as medical advice if you have a medical concern please seek out your provider Hello and welcome. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Austin Wheeler. Austin is a personal trainer. He works mainly with parents and especially fathers. Austin, welcome, man. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. And, you know, uh, none of you know this, of course, but, you know, we had a couple of delays and back and forth and mixing up schedules and you know that's just kind of that's just kind of how the life goes but uh we made it
1: (laughs) that's
0: all, all that matters we got here man so all right so Austin you know like I do with all people when we start off on the uh broadcast here I like to just kind of Reverse engineer and go back to the very beginning because I know things about you just based on what I read, but um, probably most, if not all, the people listening to this probably don't know anything about you. So just uh, tell us the uh, the backstory of Austin Wheeler, what got us here today.
1: All right. So as far as what got me to my current point in coaching, kind of with with my whole center around working on working with dads. The the idea comes from I've got a background in coaching kids sports, actually. So I did two years coaching AAU basketball, so traveling all over, going to different states, playing tournaments, all that jazz, right? Mm -hmm. I've done JFL and high school football, as well as both boys and girls high school track. I've kind of noticed things over the years, I guess, about certain parents and, and parenting styles that, that has always made me curious, right? So when I was in college, I actually studied psychology. From there, I ended up doing a lot of research on what parental factors increase drug abuse or drug abuse kind of behavior as adults, right? What things are parents doing to children that increase those behaviors? And it kind of is all, all spirals from there. So starting out with with this focus on working with youths and then figuring out that, Obviously, I I can't tell an eight-year-old to to go to the store at a certain time and buy certain foods. And you you can't really get a family decision made by one child, right? So transferring my focus to working with the parents so I can get the kids the kind of results that I wanted to.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So it was really it was okay so you work primarily with parents now you're it's most of your clients now right so yeah. adults but the uh, springboard into that was uh, working with children so working with, so it was kind of like a, if, I, if I'm if i understanding this correctly it was like working with kids but in a roundabout sort of way by working with adults is that yes. kind of like yeah okay yes, kind of.
1: starting with working with kids kind of Seven, six, seven years ago, when I started coaching, mm-hmm. and now at a point where it's like, okay, well, to get those kids certain benefits, adults need to have certain habits. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we need to be moving every day. It's right. I tell my clients all the time, I don't need to turn you into like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jay Cutler or somebody, right? Extreme, right. It's it's we just need to be doing something, right? Know? So getting, getting them involved. So they're staying healthy enough to, to do all the things that the kids want to do coming down the line.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So what were some of the things that you were realizing about, you know, when you were working with kids that were, you know, some things that were maybe detrimental to the progress of the children and, or some things that were maybe more advantageous to them. So what were some of the standout, what were some of the standouts that you were noticing?
1: So as far as standout, detriment i guess we'll start with so we can we can kind of end on a high note mm-hmm. as far as standout detriment right the the main thing that i notice is that no matter what a parent tells a child that parent's habits are going to transfer more than that parent's words right so you've got guys who are yelling and screaming at their kids on the football field that they need to do this, they need to do that. They would have practiced, they would have been doing better, and kind of the, the standard right you dad over overreaction that just doesn't help the kid out at all. We've all seen the memes about it, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of seeing it in real life and, and starting to understand, like, well, you don't have any discipline to problem solve, so now he doesn't have any discipline to problem solve. You're yelling and screaming and, and doing all this, that's, that's not helping what you want his end goal to be. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm noticing it with kids that are specifically the more talented kids on my team, on my teams, actually across the board. So it's, it's one of those things where eventually I get to a point where I'm going, if the kids with the most talent are dealing with this at home and then start to, drop behind kids who, not to say these, these other kids aren't special, but are dropping behind kids that are significantly less gifted naturally. Mm-hmm. And and they're still, at this point, relatively too young to, to spend a ton of hours in the gym and all of that. It's just kind of like, uh, at, at what point is, can we tie that detriment to you losing your temper all the time? Because you don't have any hormones in balance. At what point can we tie that detriment in, in his performance to to you not being able to to keep your cool? At what point do we tie that detriment to you not being able to show him what discipline is? Right? Instead, you just yell and scream. So that's kind of kind of where I guess the biggest detriment that I would notice in terms of what transfers is habits. And when you're not doing what you need to do and having the discipline you need to do, it's kind of hard to say, hey, you need to get up at 4 o'clock every day and eat something healthy and then go run. While I get up at 10.30 and I'm going to eat a bowl of sugary cereal And then watch TV (laughs) because it's Saturday. Yeah, right. It's hard to it's hard to push that message when you're not doing
0: what you need to be doing. Right, right. What were some of the positive things that you were noticing? Like some of the kids that were really excelling, you know, that really obviously came from their parents. Oh,
1: it's. It's one of those things it's kind of a blessing and a curse right because you get close with these kids they kind of start to look at you almost like a big brother especially me being a relatively younger coach they almost look at me more like a big brother that's instead of an older coach Mm -hmm. i am now at a point where i'm running into these kids in public and they're all bigger than me so the ones that i was pulling dads aside pulling moms aside going hey what are what are these kids eating after practice because if you're shipping them home to a bag of Doritos, we're not going to, they're not going to heal from all the exercise we just put them through. Right. We need right. to figure out what we're going to do to make them happy, healthy, whole foods more often. Right.
0: Right.
1: Starting, starting that with a couple of different kids has been interesting. And I would say, because it, honestly, it scared me. I had a kid come up and go, "Hey Austin, what's going on? It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in forever." And it's like I, you can tell this person obviously knows me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm sitting there and I have no clue who I'm talking to. <laughs> right, right. The truth is, I know exactly who I'm talking to. I've known this kid since he was all around ten years old. He's now nineteen, playing Division Two college football as a linebacker, standing six foot three, six foot four with a full beard, about 250 pounds, just jacked, muscled, ready to go. And the last time I saw him before then, he was like four foot seven, 60 pounds or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I didn't even, it took me a minute to recognize that was even you. You know, this is because when he walked up to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, this is a completely different grown man. I've never met this guy no, this is this is one of my kids he's bigger than me now right we yeah, right started having conversations about what are you eating now this kid is bigger than I am am I happy about it? yes no kind of I don't I don't know right everything worked out the way I wanted it to but now all of all of like the little brothers are, are bigger than me so that's you know bless blessing and a curse if if you do your job right you end up dealing with that I guess.
0: Right, right. So, did you did you find out like uh, like these more successful kids? Did you find out like what their parents were doing versus what the ones that were not, you know, not using very good methods, like the the, the yelling and losing their t- their cool and all that stuff? Did you find out what they what their parents were doing? Other than that,
1: yeah. So, a lot of it was more related to autonomy, as which is basically the the psychological. Ideal of letting a person make their own decisions. So, mm-hmm. in the drug use study that I was telling you about, what we found was the level of personal autonomy that the parents kind of automated onto a child or prompted onto a child, regarded them had to have significantly less drug usage as an adult. What what we're kind of finding, right, is is that. The more you try and pull somebody away from something, the more they're going to fight to get back to it. Mm-hmm. The more you kind of just tell somebody, "Hey, that's what that is." If you do it, you might have a great time. This is probably the side effects for are to deal with. I'll leave it up to you. You do what you want. Those are those are the kids that are having significantly less issues with drug use as adults, right? So I start transferring that on onto the fields. Right. And we get to a point where it's it's like, I don't have to try and yell and scream and, and do all this to get you to eat certain things. Because I realize those parents that have been giving you the ability to make decisions have now put you in a position where you're going to make the right decisions much more consistently than somebody who hasn't made any decisions before. So whether it comes to drug use the things that you're eating the like when you're going to bed and waking up per se when that that first week of your life you don't have parental supervision these are these are all kind of things that are affected by how many decisions they get to make before they're in a position where they have to start making decisions
0: i gotcha so based on that would you think that it's probably Less less micromanaging of of the child and just kind of a more I don't know relaxed style of parenting in a way where or, or you think it's just a process of modeling where they see you living a certain way and so they just kind of take it on themselves
1: a little bit of both right part of it is is the modeling and I've noticed that I can I consider the modeling more of a I think a base level mm. it's. It's kind of hard to even say that, hey, this option is gonna be better than this option. Right? A is gonna be better for you than B, but I'm gonna do B every day and tell you to do A. You still you still end up with that same kind of you're you're arguing against each other, right? Arguing against yourself. So I noticed the the doing it first is a much more baseline, a is baseline part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Right? And then from there, it's... I don't want to say micromanaging, but we want to manage what's what's important. So it's... I don't necessarily... Or, like, like for example, I've, I've worked with a guy who had a, his daughter, first I love Starbucks. Like, we go there all the time. It's super terrible for you, very expensive. We can sit and try and, and have these arguments about not wanting not wanting to go get a frappuccino and we can get angry about it 15-20 minutes we can go back and forth we can throw fits we can cause cause a ruckus we can do it all right but that's not going to help what we could also do is pull the blender out kind of work on some recipes let's see if we can make one at home for half the calories and double the protein now what you get with that is kind of, that's, that's your real world example, right? You're right. giving options and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go with this option. You can do that if you'd like, right? Another real world example is, so this is, uh, this one is actually from my childhood. And the, one of the reasons that I eat so healthy now, right? Driving home with my dad I say, Hey dad, can we go to McDonald's? Sure. I'm in the mood. I got McDonald's money today, and we get to the drive thru and I say, "This, this is what I want." And I'm like, "Cool, what are you ordering?" He goes, oh, "I'm not gonna order anything from here. Rather eat, I'd rather eat food at home. I'd rather eat something that's that's homemade, a little healthier." Right. But, but I'm gonna let you eat that, right? And so now I'm sitting here with the six piece, trying to figure out why why doesn't he even look at this stuff like it's edible like why does he not eat like he doesn't he's right? not even a little bit excited about <laughs> Ronald McDonald like he doesn't care he's not at all hyped about it and I'm just sitting there with my little box of six staring at it like what's wrong with these things right right and, it, and it's one of those things it's like when we start with that example the or the rest of it becomes a lot easier I don't have to complicate so many other things in in the world. When we've got habitual examples that we can follow, it's the the whole, do we want to count calories and do this and do that, all becomes much less important because we've got the right habits. So even if you're not counting calories and all that, you can still live the kind of life you want
0: to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's all kinds of ways you can live out there. And... Yeah, I I agree cuz I with my own with my own kids like the you know the implicit examples, the implicit messages you do send do carry on. I mean, my kids still eat McDonald's and they'll they'll eat it it seems like without a second thought even though I won't, even though I'll take them to the drive-thru and just like your dad did with you, I I won't even consider getting anything from there because I know <laughs> I know what's up over there and I don't oh, want anything okay, to do with it. Let me real quick. How old, uh, are, how old are your kids? Uh, I have an eight-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, so eight years old. That's thats about when I started going, wait, why doesn't he eat? <laughs> <That's... laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it comes up every now and again. They do notice I eat fairly healthy um, and, uh, you know, every now and again, they'll spit out something random like, I want to get healthy. I want to... I'll, I'll work out or something like that. And they'll ask me for some super healthy dish or some super healthy, clean living kind of lifestyle, but it generally lasts for about a week before it, you know, falters. And then they want to go back to the stuff that they love, but no, I, I agree. Overall, I think actions do carry much more weight than words. And yeah, you can tell you, and, and even with kids, they can see the, the, they can see the, um, divergence between the things that you say to them and the things that they see you do. And even if they can't articulate it, they know the difference. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll very much that the the actions speak louder than words in that regard. But, uh, yeah. It's,
1: it's, 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 it's interesting, I guess I would say, because the amount of people that are like, well, I said this and they didn't listen. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. I said, "Well, what were you doing right before you said that?" I was doing the thing that I told them not to do. I can't believe they wouldn't listen. It's like <laughs> right—it's—it's
0: a, it's a lack of self-awareness right there. <laughs> like,
1: well, okay, let's let's try something different today. How about that? How about
0: <laughs> how about yeah? How about actually walking your talk? But uh, so so you started with youth sports, and then you saw the connection between parents and kids. Now, at some point, you you moved over to just working with primarily adults. So, uh, when was that?
1: Almost two years ago, it would have been March of 2021. Okay. So we're coming up close to two years of just coaching adults now.
0: I gotcha. So what made you want to move to just working directly with adults?
1: Kind of. Like what I was saying earlier, I felt like I can tell an eight year old to do anything, but that, that, so like, let me ask you for example, your your eight year old son, Uh if right now you needed something to eat, would you give him the keys to your car and say, go to the store and you go pick out the foods and all of that kind of stuff you want, right? We can't, we can't do these things. Right. And I had to get to a point where it's like, you know what, Austin? It is a little bit unreasonable of you to tell an eight-year-old to make dietary changes when he's not the one buying the food, right? When (laughs) the 12-year-old is not the one buying the food. I can't get mad at her for what's in the pantry. She didn't put it there, most likely. You see what I mean? So it got to a point where it's like, if we're going to do this, we've got to get the head of the table on board right whether that's mom dad or kind of whatever your family situation is Mm we we've we've got to get the head of the table on board or else this is going to be a very long back and forth of me trying to get you to do this and then your dad saying maybe it's a good idea and it's like but your dad's never played sports and he's never done any workout regiments, so he doesn't really know and now we're all arguing and we're just not getting Mm anywhere. So it, it got to a point of like, realistically, for me to make the best difference here, I need to put focus here, right? I need to put focus on making sure that the right things are in the pantry. Because realistically, I can't help them make better decisions if I don't work with parents to make better decisions.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So when you're working with parents now, now you say you work mostly with fathers. Is that correct? Yeah. Mostly, mostly with fathers. Okay. So, I mean, I ha- I know what most of the people that come to me work for and, and most of my clientele are, are in fact women. Um, I know what mostly they come to me for. And usually it's just kind of general losing some weight. Sometimes they're more specific. Wow. Like it's like they have something going on with them. Um, and they want it, they want it addressed with greater core strength or something like that. So sometimes it's a little bit more specified than that, but most of the time it's kind of a general, you know what? I'm just tired of looking like this. I'm tired of feeling like this. And I want these extra pounds off and especially coming out of COVID that really kind of set a lot of people back. Um, so I, Generally, what's, what, do they, what do they come to you for? What do you help them out with?
1: General, kind of the same if we're going to talk overall, losing weight, getting mm-hmm. stronger in general, just making sure that they can move around and, and do what they want to do. So a lot of, I guess a lot of what I do is asking why people want to come on and I think it, it generally starts with the whole, I want to lose 10 pounds or 15 or 20 pounds. And I think, Right from from one trainer to a from one coach to another, right? I think mm-hmm. we've all like I've I've been at points in my life where I stepped on the scale at one ninety. I've stepped on the scale at one seventy. They don't feel all that different. You're not good. There's You don't notice twenty pounds necessarily through the scale. It's something about life outside of that scale, right? That's that's bringing you here. And what I usually find is it has something to do with not feeling adequate to run around with the kids and and kind of be the I'm ready for whatever rough and tumble kind of parent that Mm -hmm. that they want to be. So it's a lot of that and then managing time.
0: So when you have people come to you with like, say, well, losing the weight thing, I want to lose some weight. Now there's all kinds of different theories out there about what's the best way to lose weight. Um, And it just goes on and on and on. It changes every single day. And you ask, you know, you know this, of course, and, you know, you get, you ask 10 different trainers, you'll get probably 10 different responses. So what do you, what do you think in your, in your opinion is the best way is someone can actually. Well, one, lose the weight, like you just said, is the difference of 20 pounds physically. It's not tremendous. Um, So losing the weight and actually achieving that greater sense of healthy self, what do you think is the best way of going about that? So I I
1: always, I always go with something sustainably habitual, habitually sustainable, kind of however you want to say it, Mm -hmm. something that's, doable every something that's consistently doable and i've noticed that well so i guess about me growing up i my dad was in the navy he ended up putting me in taekwondo when i was like four so i grew up doing all of these different combative tournaments one of the things that we talk about there is how to lose weight kind of and get get into certain checkpoints right i don't know if you're familiar with taekwondo tournaments or anything like
0: that but well a, a little bit because my daughter is in taekwondo so not oh, not nice. Not, nice. not 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 hugely so she she just graduated to a yellow belt so i don't think we're
1: okay
0: i don't That's think ter- cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah right That's so what talking about and she and she got and she got yeah yeah and she's totally into it and on the date of her ceremony when she got her belt she was already asking about you know, how she can get her stripes and start leveling up even more. So, yeah. Once you hit
1: the yellow belt, then you're in. It's like the the white belt is like, yeah, you might not come back. But once you hit the yellow belt, you're hooked.
0: Yeah, right. It's the first breakthrough, really. It's like, oh, okay. I'm actually Mm -hmm. getting rewarded for my efforts here. So, but yeah, yeah. So she does Taekwondo. So that's cool.
1: Exactly. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. But that's actually, that's actually where I got my start, too. Back, back as a wee little four-year-old, just running around swinging, swinging my feet and <laughs> <laughs> being reckless. But as far as kind of the fastest versus most sustainable ways to lose weight, I understand that if there was a guy who was, had maybe 40 pounds of body fat that was full of water... And the only thing we were looking for was a number on the scale. It's like realistically, I can put you in a couple of trash bags and run you around this block in ninety degree weather, and we can sweat you down ten pounds in the next day. We can sweat you down twenty pounds in the next two days. It's not going to be fat loss, and you're going to feel terrible. And all of all of all of that is, is just an experiment, right? And we can lose the weight, like we I can forcibly change the number on the scale which mm-hmm. is, but does it bring you the benefit that you want and I think people focus on that na- number changing it's like that's not that's not where you where your benefit is in a sense so I always look at what, what habitually can you stay doing for a long period of time that way I don't have to worry about that weight coming back
0: so, what do you find is generally the most sustainable way that people can get on can get on board with that sort of thing? I mean, I know that's a broad question, but you know, you you, you had to have noticed like certain certain consistencies among different people.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you're looking for high protein, low calorie recipes that taste like cheap food. So, let let me give you an example, okay? Okay. Get you a blender. Like a a, what is it? Half cup, cup maybe of ice, Mm put your ice in the blender. From there, you're gonna go in with vanilla protein, two scoops. You're gonna go in with a couple healthy heaps from a tablespoon of Nesquik, right? And the goal is we're gonna make this thing that tastes like a chocolate milk, chocolate milkshake, right? Instead of instead of using chocolate protein, we're gonna add vanilla to it and then Mm -hmm. flavor the chocolate on top of it. And it gives it this melted ice cream, melted chocolate ice cream sort of taste. Mm -hmm. So now we're at a point where we're doing something that when we add this all up with the almond milk and all, we're at 300 and something calories. This tastes like a thousand calories and a lot of problems, but we're at 300 calories and 50 grams of protein, right? The more of, the more of these kind of decisions we can make over time, the better off we are. So I don't, want to force you to get rid of anything that you love chances are we need to get rid of one or two ingredients in that particular food without getting rid of it as a whole so my thing is chocolate that's why i immediately went to chocolate milkshakes Mm -hmm. that's that's my baby that's my go-to i love it you want to talk about what what do i do to stay trim is chocolate milkshakes that's how i stay in shape right but everybody, everybody's got something. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just me finding out what is that one thing. And we're going to back engineer that particular recipe so I can get the calorie number down as far as I can. And I can get the protein as high as I possibly can without making you think you're eating healthy food at all. from there, it's, it's a cheat day every day. I mean, if you can wake up and have a 300-calorie... Chocolate milkshake with fifty grams of protein every day is a cheat day. And it's got yeah, you cheat on your diet when every day is a cheat day. Right? Yeah,
0: that's an, oh, and then that's man. right, exactly right. And I, and since you touched on that, I've I've always had an issue with cheat days because yes. I think I, I think psychologically, I think it's a I I know it's well intentioned, I very yes. much do, but I think psychologically, it's just putting you into a box where you just feel like you are stuck. Where you spend all week long, you know, suffering all in the hopes of this one day or this one meal where you'll get that chocolate milkshake, like you just said, and that'll make it all worth it. I never, I could, I could never get on board with that.
1: Yeah. And I definitely, I like what you said for sure about it being well-intentioned, right? Mm -hmm. I think. There was, there was a personal trainer, some somehow, some way, somewhere that said, you know what, even working real hard, let's and and kind of like you said, meant it really well intentioned, but I think you're dead on about it, putting you in a box mindset. Right. Notice with that is like if you you're you, you're very hard pressed to have the motivation to do something that you know you're going to hate. Mm-hmm. If you are not going to see the benefits quickly, so why not find a process that we're gonna
0: like and benefits of? There you go, exactly right. I think you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You hit the yeah. I said it right, there. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I thought I twisted my words around there for a second. But uh, no, I, I think you are dead on right with that with that approach too. Because um, I think especially, and I know a lot of people don't really work with this, um, this population, but you do come across every now and again, you run into people there who have either past or current eating disorders. Yes. And if you are, if you are giving them a a regimen, a nutritional regimen that includes restrictive food for six days out of seven, or maybe Mm -hmm. six and a half days out of seven, you get one meal where you get to actually eat something that's creating a very negative relationship with food
1: it really is it really is and that's i don't know i wish more people didn't do it but at the same time i kind of feel like that's okay that is my job now is to figure out how how i'm going to get people to stop having this sort of relationship with food Mm. but i think that's uh, that's that's part of it all It's, it's part of the fun is, is well, trying to figure out how we're going to stop getting people to eat chicken, broccoli, and rice with no seasonings for six days a week.
0: And that's where all these, that's where all these um, uh, food prep industries come from. It's like, well, you know, I and, and it's also time-consuming, too. Like, food prep can be time-consuming. It's kind of weird, too, because you spend a lot of time, you cook in mass, and you're cooking, you know, stereotypically meal prepping. You're cooking very boring food. So you can put it into these containers, you can shove it away and just reach for it whenever you need it. Um, and you're right. Usually there's not much in the way of taste or seasoning or anything about it that's particularly appealing. And so, you know, this prep food prep industry is kind of just exploding on the outside. And it's like, well, actually, this, we we make stuff that is actually, you know, protein heavy and actually tastes good.
1: That's, that's the goal. Well, that's actually, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Cause that's one thing that I did want to talk about. And it's something I've talked about recently with one of my clients. Mm-hmm. It's about keeping them protein heavy without drowning in, in meal prep. So one thing that I've learned recently, at least for me personally, that I love to do is I love barbecue. I got me a meat smoker out back. I love, I love barbecue, right? Families from the south—that's what we do. Go start a fire. Country slow cooking. It's it's a it's a barrel of fire and a hunk of pig. May, that, may, may, like may, it, right? There you go. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've noticed with with this barbecue thing, you can find your favorite way to, and particularly meat, find your favorite way to prepare meat, prepare a large amount of it, and then instead of doing like these individual boring little tins. You kind of have what I call a meal base, right? So I'm bored. I walk into my kitchen, I think, hmm, what do I want? Now, for me, eating healthy is I'm going to take two pieces of bread. I'm going to get some butter on them. I'm going to slice up this, this cut of beef rib. I'm going to put a a little bit of this, this honey, honey zing barbecue sauce that I've got on there. I'm going to make me a little barbecue beef rib sandwich. And it tastes like something that is unhealthy and came from a restaurant. But I made it at home within minutes because I had the base prepped ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I think yeah. meal prep, a lot of time they try and sell you on like a certain box or this idea that you have to cook everything at once. And that's, that's one thing worth, I try to talk about with, with people on meal prep. Because if you can take a base protein, prepare that, and you can prepare however much that you like. But take your base protein and you prepare that, you can kind of just throw throw stuff in with how you feel. Like, especially for the population I work with who has kids, it's like their taste buds are, are changing. We've got to realize like at 8 and 12, it's like... There's, they still have to figure some things out about like the world and how many different flavors there are, All right? My brother's twenty and he still doesn't want to try mushrooms. Like there, there's different things <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, a while, you're right. it time. So you, you kind of end up specifically. I've noticed with people who have young, young kids. You end up in in situations where it's like, oh, I can't diet because I'm just scrambling to eat anything. And it's like if you have that base prepped, you can kind of take maybe a little bit of base, a little bit of leftovers, measure everything out so you get enough protein. And then it's like you you kind of just have this microwavable ready-to-go system that if one kid wants something on pizza, chicken on pizza, and another kid wants a sandwich, then you can – take from the same pot and do both. You see what I'm saying? Right. A third that wants pasta, you could take from the same pot and do both.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So the the centerpiece of everything here is having the adequate amount of protein and then you just kind of build everything around that. Did I have that right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So when I was uh, researching you, so one of the things you made mention of is that you got this, what you call your three pillar method. Is that right?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's the schedule, fan food and activity integration. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So why don't you go and take us through that then? Cause that's interesting.
1: <laughs> All right. So scheduling now, this here's, this is, this is one that I, I bring to parents from my experience in college, right? So right. when I was in school, I was obviously a student mm-hmm. I was also in a fraternity. I was also an athlete. I ran a track in college. Also worked and and was just heavily involved in research. So I was also traveling for school to give presentations based on research that I had taken the extra time on top of all this other stuff to write. Wow. So it got to a certain point where it was like I didn't have any hours to sleep. I ended up in the hospital a couple times because I was just working so consistently, and I, and I got to a point where I realized okay for me to be successful at anything, in anything, with anything, anywhere, I need to have all of this scheduled. I need to have this planned out. Right? So I'll I'll talk to dads who are like, man, I don't have any time to work out. I've got or I've got a a daughter who's in Taekwondo and a son who plays soccer and I've got all these different practice times to meet and it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do, right? Instead of worrying about it we're gonna pull out a calendar we're gonna quietly and calmly write everything on there that we've got to do right figure out things like work kids sports other non-movables right you can't move your whole soccer practice for everybody on the team kind of those sorts of things you non movables. we're gonna find what those are first from there we're gonna plan around meal prep and and getting you moving and working, right? That doesn't have to be a bodybuilding exercise routine every day, Mm -hmm. right? Just getting you doing something. But that schedule, I have always deemed, at least since I ended up in the hospital because of my poor scheduling, I have always deemed the schedule as a roadmap to success. Meaning, no matter what you've got going on, if you're not actively going to lay everything out on a schedule, write it all down, see what you've got to do now, what you've got to do next, you're probably going to forget something. We're going to trip eventually. So, scheduling everything is going to be the number one thing that we've got to do to actually get workouts done, to actually get meals made, to get places on time. Thing number one, scheduling. (laughs) Thing number two, we talked about, uh, touched on a little bit earlier kind of when when we were talking about cheat days and and chocolate milkshakes, right? If you if your diet is everything you would eat on a cheat day, then you're never cheating on your diet. That's where fan food comes from. So I don't want to remove anything from you. Basically the way I do things is I'm gonna in a sense request all of your favorite foods from you, all of the foods that you know you shouldn't be eating. I'm looking at you watching this (laughs) at home. You know what food I'm talking about. I notice everybody's got a food when I say that.
0: Everybody
1: tastes of <laughs> stuff. I always like to play that little game. Right
0: well, there. got me there. Got just You're going there. Home, <laughs> you, know,
1: you don't have to put in the comments. You don't have to email me. You don't have to tell Sean. You don't have to tell anybody. But I know you thought of something. I know you thought of <laughs> something sort of that we be eating, right? And that's what I want. That's what I want to know. Because I'm going to take that food. I'm going to back engineer that recipe. And then we're going to provide you that food on a regular basis.
0: You see what I'm saying? I see it.
1: So, so instead of having this whole idea of I've got to get rid of everything, right? You don't have to get rid of ice cream because we can make ice cream at home with half the calories and twice the protein. I don't have to have you get rid of brownies. We can do that at home for half the calories, twice the protein. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking at is, can I take your favorite desserts, right? Your favorite creations from burger joints, your favorite creations from sandwich shops, different, different delis, bakeries, all of these things. And we want to try and recreate them with the highest protein number and the lowest calorie number that we possibly can. So that's where fan food comes from. Because we're, in a sense, switching your diet, yes, but we're not gonna, I'm not one of these real restrictive eating sort of coaches. Like I'm not gonna wake up, drink my chocolate milkshake, and then come sit here and tell you that you need to eat Brussels sprouts and and bean stems and all of that. Like that's, you know what I mean? That's That's not the way we're gonna go about it. I've tried doing that. It doesn't work. It makes you hate yourself after 17 hours. There's no use in it. So we're going to pick what's doable for 17 years and go go with that. The last thing is going to be activity integration, integration. And this one is my favorite because oftentimes people will, they'll give me the excuse I don't have time. And you'll hear a guy say, oh, well, I've got like a six and an eight-year-old, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've got to run around with them. I don't have time. And at a certain point, I realized, right, when I say this to people, they kind of look at me like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, mm, I'm not wrong. All right. The things your eight-year-old wants to do and the things that you should be doing are probably closer to each other than you would like to admit. Right. So I've had a guy tell me, hey, I don't have time to go get in cardio. Why don't you have time to get in cardio? Oh, I'm hanging out with my son. Your son's eight. You should be getting in cardio while you hang out with him. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: right. Totally. <laughs> it's,
1: it's if you if you have an eight. People will tell me I don't have time because I have an eight year old. I'm like, that's not an excuse. That's a cheat code. That's a superpower. This is easier for you than it is for a single guy versus a, 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 somebody with a twenty year old. Like you, this this you got it. You you got all the cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. You got the the reverses, the skips, the draw fours, the wild cards, you've got everything in your hands. The best mm-hmm. possible cards you can have, right? Because all you've got to do is take that eight-year-old outside, even if your eight-year-old doesn't like sports. Because I had i had this one guy that said, my eight-year-old doesn't like sports. I said, you take him outside, what is his favorite show? Star Wars. Easy. You're going to pick up a stick, you're going to hand it to him. You're going to pick up a stick, you're going to hold it like this, you're going to look at him dead in his eyes, you're going to say, let's play Star Wars. And then you're just going to let his imagination roll. Follow. Yeah. Him. Now you've done cardio. So there are times where I have people say, "I don't want to go to the gym today. I'm just going to take my kid to the park and we're going to go have a water fight." Cool. Check. Cardio's done for today. I'll see you tomorrow. Great decision. You made a great decision today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. That's when my clients can can let me know that they're doing that. Excellent. Because now I'm at a point where I'm building enough habits to where I can go ahead and get back out of your hair and and let you kind of continue this lifestyle for a long period of time. But a lot of it is just getting, getting people to a point of saying, all right, well, whether it's you've got grown kids and you need to do family bonding and meal prep, whether you've got young kids and you need to get in cardio and some bonding time or finding a meal, for, right, whatever, whatever these things that you need to kind of combine to save time, typically you can do within a family unit and it not only makes the task easier, but brings all of you closer. So activity integration isn't so much like I need you to become the best multitasker ever. We're just going to plan ahead of time to multitask a few different things with a few different people, right? we're going to see how much easier everything gets to maintain when we're planning ahead to, to multitask instead of kind of just letting it come to you. Right. So that's and that's kind of the three basis of where I'm breaking things down.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense too, because, uh, the crux of it sounds like you're, you're coming, you're coming at them from where they're at and you're trying to, you know, fit this whole, change of lifestyle into what is already their current life and i think that's that's mm-hmm. critical because a lot of trainers and i've done this myself too this is a mistake i've made before too Is like we think that we have to go in there and completely overall overhaul someone's entire existence yeah. and i've
1: done that too it's, it's,
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's and it's it really is it's a um it's a recipe for disaster because that's one Appreciate the fact that that's not really what you're there to do. You're not there to completely right. change everything. You're there to change them. Now there's certain things about their life that you do have to tweak, but you know, you right, like you said, you find the cheat codes, like getting in the cardio and by running around with your eight-year-old. My son is outside all the time doing exactly that. He's got he's all he's all into fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, like anime and stuff like that. Like he's got oh, these, he's got these stick. Awesome.
1: Yeah, he's he got makes you act like you're like Sasuke or somebody, like, <laughs> I like to pretend to have superpowers, and that's right. even harder than having a lightsaber. Right, right.
0: out there, yeah. out there too. Yeah, I mean he he <laughs> gets. I, I mean, I'll say this: he gets more of a workout out there than I do because he is like going 100 percent into it. Yeah. But he's got these sticks and stuff, and he has got all these elaborate backstories and levels and. You know everything. Everything you can possibly imagine, what a, a video game would be. He is out there mimicking on that playground. But you know, so yeah, you're yeah. So you're you're exa- You're exactly right.
1: That, that, that kind of energy. That's the energy that that I've noticed builds people. So Mm -hmm. I've noticed when when parents are like, ah, well, I've I've got to go deal with that later. I'm like, no, that energy, that what he's doing right now, running around in the yard, sticks and stones and fantasies and all, that energy, that's what you need to use as your cheat code. That's it. I love that energy. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly right. Because he's giving it to you right there. You just got to. It's free. You just got to lean into it a little bit and, you know, not be some stuffy adult who just stands there with his arms folded. (laughs) But yeah, but right. But the the cornerstone of it, the three pillar method, from what I understand it, is just the how to take all that and actually fit into someone's life and not take this, not feel like you have to go in there with the scorched earth policy of cleaning out all their pantry, you know, zeroing out their schedule and, you know, just going too far into it and it it, what it ends up doing is it ends up scaring them off and you end up losing a client yeah and because you just you know you're not for the most part you know those most of us out there i don't think are working with elite level athletes you're working with everyday people and so you have to you have to appreciate the difference you know you can maybe afford to go go really tough and headstrong on the elite level athlete because their job is to actually yeah. do do this is their job, right? But it's not the job for the average person. No.
1: They just want to live a, a, a better lifestyle. Right. Maybe exactly. they move a little bit more freely as opposed to feeling like it's gonna take ten minutes to get up and walk around.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so with uh when your three pillar method here, when you apply it to fathers, does it does it is it? Uh, does it go over pretty well? Do they respond to it pretty, pretty effectively? Yeah.
1: I I, I guess I've never really had any issues with <laughs> this system in particular since I've gotten on this system. Just because it's, I th- so when I was kind of building this system, the main thing I was looking at is almost like from a business perspective, the concept of ROI,
0: return
1: mm-hmm. on investment. I am totally systematically thinking about what are the smallest changes I can make you to add, or I can ask you to make I I got tongue twisted. the smallest changes I can ask you to make that are going to produce the largest results on that back end, right? Because if Mm -hmm. one small change gets you this big result, then you're super just head over heels excited to make the next change. And kind of from from that ROI perspective, right? If one little change brings a big result and we're excited to make the next change, now we're just, we're kind of rolling into it. And so instead of finding somebody that wants to kind of go back against the system that you're trying to bring them, now they're starting to realize, okay, this system is designed around me, it's designed to make my life easier for me than it it, is. It's just easier to roll everything the rest of the way out. So I don't roll everything out right away. And I mm-hmm. think that's the other thing I've learned training over the years is I used to start out like, hey, this is hammer of thunder, God of war. I'm coming with all all intensity where we're, we're going to do it all right now. And at this point, I, I don't do that anymore. Right. So it's about. Finding those small changes that produce big results, how many of those can I stick in quickly and start getting you results? Once I start getting you results, I don't have to worry about motivation or your willingness to try the system and and its further details. Because at this point we're a month in with more positive results than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. So now it's now we're just it's about getting the work done, figuring out where we need to go next and what's what's gonna be the best part of the
0: system to integrate for one person at any given time. Gotcha. So this role play a little bit here. So, you know, my particulars a little bit. Okay. I'm let's say I'm a first time client. I will say Austin. All right, here we go. Austin. I am 39 years old. I'm a single dad. I've got two kids. I've got a full-time job, but man, this weight is killing me. I want it gone. I, I hate the way I look. I want this, I want this weight gone. I want to be able to play around my eight year old and not feel exhausted after 30 minutes, completely wiped out after 30 minutes. So what do you got for me, man?
1: <laughs> well, it starts with schedule. So that's, <laughs> <is a> <laughs> role play, right? It's, right. It's, it's okay, well, we've got two kids. I'm assuming that if they like playing around, they're into activities right now. We're we're pulling out phones. So when I am I'm, I'm having a sit down with the client, I'm like looking in the camera, like, "Hey, you've got one of these. I want to see yours. I want to see it. Pull it out. You know what I mean? And I'm going, "Hey, let's, let's let's <laughs> let's get that schedule. Let's get that schedule popping. I want to know when you're going to work, when they're going to school, when you're off, when they're off, when do they have practice, when when are you going to the grocery store, right? We have got to figure all of that out." right? Mm -hmm. Because from there it's, it's a much simpler, it's a much simpler process. So that full-time job, what time do you start working?
0: Usually around noon.
1: Around noon. What time are you out?
0: Around 1030 at night.
1: All right. What time is school and all of that?
0: School for my eight year old starts at 740 and for my daughter, it starts at 840. Okay. So, so
1: you've got extra time then, right? So the way I'm looking at this is you're going to have to drop them off. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, do you usually go back to sleep in between nope. dropping them off? or do Nope, do
0: not. Nope, do not.
1: Okay. So let's talk about that brick of time. Let's let's talk about that brick of time. What, what, what are we spending that brick of time on?
0: Well, brick of time is usually like, maybe I go home. Make some, another cup of coffee, just kind of loaf around, you know, and just kind of chill, mm. you know, make make me get my lunch ready and stuff before I head out the door. You know, just little random things all all, all here and there, you know. Okay.
1: And you said that's, what, 8.40 to 12 you start work, I'm imagining? yeah probably-
0: start working at noon.
1: Do you, are you working from home or is there like travel time involved? Or no, just...
0: I mean, no. I mean, my, my place of work is about 10 minutes from where I am. And, okay. uh, yeah, it's a, it's an evening shift, you know, 10 hours.
1: Okay. So we're, we're going to look to get you working in the time that the kids are not at school already right? If you're right. working all the way through 10, 1030, you guys are all going to have to start shutting down the day towards that point anyways. But what we don't want to sacrifice is the hours of the day that you do have with them. We need to keep you with them in a sense. So for that first, first thing in the morning, we're going to look to schedule that time, right? I'm going to schedule that time as bonding time and meal prep time. So whether you're making kids' lunch for school or making them breakfast, making them eat something before they get out of the house. And in that in that period of time, we're we're just sitting down. It doesn't have to be this hour-long Disney Channel breakfast where you've got a stack of pancakes this big and a stack of waffles <laughs> over here and syrup and sausages, <laughs> eggs. And, and right. Everybody grab an apple, sit down at the table. We're going to have five minutes to talk before we run out of this door, Right. It it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but we're going to throw we're going to throw some family time and family food time and first thing in the morning so we can wake up to chocolate milkshakes. We're going to teach you how to wake them up to ice cream. We're going to teach you how to wake them up excited for what they're about to eat. Right. Excited to get started with breakfast, get started cooking breakfast with that. That's that's number one where we're going to go. Once we drop them off at school. We are then three times a week going to have you lift. All right. That's going to be the time that we start having you do your workouts. So no more loafing around the house. That's, that's not, we can't spend that as comfort (laughs) time anymore. Right. We're going to spend that as, as time to put some work in. Now we're going to get some more comfort out of it later in life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So typically we're going to looking at a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. When, what days of the week are you working?
0: Uh, It kind of varies sometimes, but usually it's like maybe because it's four days, it's 10 hours. So maybe like Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday's off and then Thursday, Friday.
1: Okay. So we're going to go Monday, Friday, heavy lift in the gym. We're going to do that one while while the kids are at school. Wednesday, if you have off, we're going to make that day what I like to call an active day. All right. Which means you're going to have to figure out what those kids want to do and then go outside. All right. If they don't want to do anything, then you're going to have to put them in one of those stroller things and tell them, cause you got to take them somewhere as a workout. I don't care if you put them in a wagon, tied around your waist and run around the block. You, you know what I mean? we, <laughs> we got to do something, right? So right. Wednesday, we're going to dedicate some time one to going and, and running around and playing star Wars in the yard to you're gonna dedicate some time to practicing, practicing form and doing a little bit of sparring with with the 12 year old, okay? So we're, we're gonna spend time in, in both areas of interest on Wednesday, that is the workout. So don't don't think, oh, we're gonna spend a little time here, we're gonna spend a little time there. No, I, you're gonna sweat on Wednesday. You're gonna <laughs> sweat on Wednesday. You're gonna hang out with the eight year old till he makes you sweat, and he will. You're gonna hang out with the 12 year old till she makes you sweat, and she will, right? this is what our wednesday workout looks like okay monday and friday is heavy weights wednesday's active day tuesday and thursday we're doing yoga mobility we want to keep you moving but i don't want to make it something so so crazy that you end up getting hurt right so that's that's what our schedule is looking like right monday right. lift, tuesday stretch wednesday active full thursday stretch friday heavy lift right But we're gonna take one of those days to make the whole workout an active full day. So you grab the kids, you go outside, you do whatever you want to do. Wednesday is an active, active full day. I want to see a hundred, or I want to see a full hour log on Wednesday. One full hour of you doing something childish and hooligan like. You got to go run around outside. You, you (laughs) (laughs) right? Wednesday we're spending an hour exclusively on that. So now now we're starting to build out a system based around those times. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now we've, we've got your whole system laid out. We've, we've got your whole week's worth of workouts laid out. We can talk about kind of the, the nitty gritties of what we're going to do Monday and Friday to make sure we're hitting the right muscles in your body that are weaker than the other ones and this, that, and so forth. Got two heavy days, one day where we're going to really get about it, two days of yoga, okay? We're going to see how that works for two, maybe three weeks. If we want to add in a lift, we can talk about adding in a lift. I don't think it's going to be necessary. I think we're going to push the intensity on Monday and Friday hard enough to not require you to add in another lift, right? Especially at 39, we want to take into account the healing process and make sure that gets done right. So I don't necessarily need seven days a week, Dwayne the Rock Johnson level of
0: yeah <laughs>
1: intimidation, gym intimidation, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's what that, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a schedule that's fun. We're looking at a schedule that's doable over time, and we're looking at something that we can make consistent, right? Right. The the act of full Wednesday day kind of sounds tough like it sounds like it's going to be a difficult day to plan until the first time you do it and you realize an eight-year-old's imagination could plan your next hundred years right mm-hmm. it's you it, that that day isn't going to be a hard when the day comes it's not going to be a hard thing for you to figure out what you do that day i don't think all right we're, we're just going to let the kids run with it
0: right all right,
1: but you got to run with wherever they run with. That's that is my rules as the coach on Wednesday. You let the kids run with it, and you run with wherever they run to.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, you 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 did a lot with pretty little information that I gave you. So that that there you go. That that was that was great, man. I, I like that a lot. As <laughs> I, I especially I especially like the. Um, uh, I, I like the act of fool day on Wednesday. That was a, uh, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it's a, it, it's a, you know, it, it, one, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And two, it just, that's you know, is. yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And two, it, you know, it kind of, I don't know, it makes it, it, makes it more fun and playful. It's like, just go out there and act a fool, you know, go out there and run around with your kid. That's all it is. That's,
1: that's the day, man. It's That's the act of fool day. Actually. No, nah, think about. It. Oh, yesterday was the active fool
0: day. I hope you did something fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I didn't do anything all that much fun. I mean, I did in some ways, but you know, but yeah, uh, you know, I didn't get to act a fool with my kids. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I, I biffed it there, but um, but yeah, I mean,
1: there's next
0: week. Yeah, there's always next week, but yeah, I mean, but. Yeah, going going back, but honestly, like you you gave me a real good um, schedule based on just everything I told you, and you whipped it together like super fast, and you made it very very approachable and very easy to understand. And so, and you're right. I mean, you when you you give someone a general layout of what you you told me I was going to do Monday, what I was going to do Friday, what I was going to do in the middle of the week, and then you know, a little idea about the stretching, the yoga on Tuesday and Thursday. And so uh, you leave me going, okay, well, that sounds doable. So what am I actually doing then? I mean, I know the act of fool day, but what about the other stuff? So, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, no, yeah, go
1: ahead. Right, I guess I was going to say, I've actually had a lot of people kind of ask me what, what my workout plan looks like. It's different for every person. Mm-hmm. I say that because, Kind of, kind of like I was saying before, right? I started competitive taekwondo at, well, I started training at four, got competitive at like five, six. I've I've been in different competition sports for a very long time. Things things happen as far as injuries and and all of that. Just kind of if you're not not doing things right, and I think. The the approach I have, I guess, is based around. Oh, well, I don't want you to get injured, right? If you're mm-hmm. the sole caretaker of two children, I can't have you blow a hamstring with the schedule that I produce for you. That's not like a not like a realistic option, I guess. So right. It kind of it it has to be that way in terms of it's
0: digestibility. Right. Well, I mean, and just, just for um, just to put it out there, I'm, you know, I'm not the sole caretaker of my kids. You know, they, they, they go with their mom too. Um, we have 50, 50 custody, but I like the idea. Like if I were, that's a, that's a solid reason to not end up pushing me too far too fast. You know, an injured hamstring would be very inconvenient if I were a sole take care, caretaker yeah. of my kids. But uh, no, man. I, I think. Have
1: a couple parents who are so. Yeah. I guess that's that's my first. I guess from the the background I come from, that's my first right. point. is like, okay, I've got to make this as uncomfortable for you as possible with with a certain narrative that, you know, how two days after you do legs, your legs are super
0: sore. You know it's funny you say that because I just put that on my Facebook. I was I just put it like on my Facebook just like yesterday saying you like or oh, 2 days ago saying like you know how you know why everybody hates leg day? Because 2 days later if you did it right, you're still going to hate the side of stairs. <laughs> so it's really funny. You, it's really it's really it's really funny you say that. <laughs>
1: like yeah but i'm how, how am i gonna get in like that and make it right push it push it all the way up to that line mm-hmm. also know that like for example this this single mother that i've worked with is still going to be able to pick up her three-year-old and walk upstairs right like, that's uh, like that's part of the math that i gotta focus on mm-hmm. i think specifically in working with parents it's a lot of why I started doing this was to make sure that anybody that I worked with could be the best version of himself and the best caretaker and, and the best parent that they could possibly be. Right. And right. kind of round them to that with a torn
0: hamstring. Right. Or exactly.
1: A severed ACL.
0: Right. Right. And if you're working with older populations, especially like a lot of them tend to be very scared about getting injured and they kind of make that known, they will make that known to you from the start. It's like, oh, you, know, you know, which, you know, I understand that. And, you know, sometimes their their fears are a little bit more severe than it really needs to be. But then again, you don't know absolutely everything about them, but yeah, you're right. Injury prevention. I'm big on that. Um, the people I work with, they know I'm paranoid about people getting hurt. Cause I'm always asking, you doing all right? Yeah. Doing all right? Everything, everything's still okay. How you know, are you sore or is that sharp? right? Exactly. You're right. 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 I'm really paranoid about it. I'm really, I'm really scared about hurting people. So yeah. cause that goes completely oh against God, everything I've I'm had, supposed to have do.
1: had injuries like that in the past? Well,
0: you know what? A couple of years ago, I got too careless in the gym well, with myself or with my clients. Yourself. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Two years ago, about two years ago, during during COVID, I got a little too careless. I was doing some Olympic lifts, and I zigged when I should have zagged, and I, or maybe I just the sheer volume of it. I zigged when I should have zagged, and I did something. I pulled some muscle in my low back, and it killed me for like eight weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and Uh, that that
1: we noticed once. Once a coach has one of those uh. injuries, it's like, oh, now we're all aboard. So when I was saying kind of which exercises I choose first, I guess mm-hmm. going back to that, I'm I'm looking at posture and weak points, right, right. So I'm I'm trying to figure out what what do I need to to grow to kind of even this whole kinetic chain out.
0: Just mm-hmm.
1: far, because I've, I've I've gotten to a point where I realize muscular imbalances can cause some pretty severe injuries yeah. within your own body, right? So I've ignored muscular imbalances within my own body for years. I've also torn a hamstring. That is not something I wish on anybody. <laughs> I, I could hate you more than I hate anyone. And I wouldn't wish for a torn hamstring, maybe just Uh-oh. like a paper cut or a you get an extra speeding ticket this year but like a, like a torn hamstring like that was it was like okay so you you can overdo this and have mm. catastrophically negative effects and I think once I hit that point it was like okay how do I balance on this fine line of the best self right because there's not trying hard enough where you fall off and then it's trying too hard where you tear a hamstring. How do I maintain that balance there?
0: Yeah, exactly. With that yeah that low back injury, I mean I still kept somewhat active. Hamstrings. That I yeah, it, that, that that hurts a lot of people and it's this I,
1: part of the chain. Everything in between uh-huh. here and mm-hmm. like mid hamstring is right. all sensitive takes forever to heal
0: right well you know why because it's typically most ignored and so it's a very it tends to be a weaker area because mm. it doesn't get doesn't get a lot of attention but yeah that that injury like that that really kind of kept me going from the gym for about six or eight weeks and just getting in and out of my car hurt because you know you got bent you got to lean over to get into your car you got to sit down and every time i did that it would just shoot a shock up my spine i'd be like oh my god and uh
1: stuff so like that stuff almost changes your life when you go from Aver- being a super athletic guy and just all the time to oh i can't get in the car like <laughs> <laughs> I can't get in the car without I an issue like this is me versus Honda mm-hmm. Civic and I'm about to lose to the door. You
0: know I mean? Yeah, it it really does it does and especially as you're starting to get older. It really does open your eyes to just how paralyzing, immobilizing an injury like that can be if you are not careful.
1: They're scary, and and so a lot of times with injury prevention, I'm just looking for hey, what is what is the weakest portion of your posture right now mm-hmm. like right now I've got an older gentleman he's like 58 right mm-hmm. and he's got a thing with his with his posture where he instead of being kind of sitting here and upright right he mm-hmm. got very overactive front shoulders or
0: right he's right? got rounded shoulders yeah
1: exactly <laughs> so everything's kind of rounded with this side. So we've been doing pulling movements for him for maybe two weeks straight, plus a couple of ATG split squat things on his mm-hmm. knees. Yeah and it's like Look. he's just moving better. He's standing straighter up and down and and he's just genuinely better. But I think that takes kind of looking at an individual's weakest muscles. And then as unfortunate as it is. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna target the weak spots. We're gonna we're gonna kind of <laughs> let it all hang out in the wind here. We're gonna see yeah. see where the holes are, and and we're gonna we're gonna go right to patching. And it's not gonna be comfortable at first. Trust me, I've done it to myself. It it took me a long time to write this system and test this system, of Right. A lot of guessing and checking within my own body and going to different chiropractors and physical therapists and, and, and compiling all of this. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of it is understanding that if everybody has a certain weakest muscle, their overall performance and health is going to benefit the most from me strengthening that weakest muscle. Right. It's right. A kinetic chain. It's only as strong as its weakest link. So I got to find the link Mm -hmm. and we are going to tear that link up to make sure that it's no longer the weakest link
0: from there. There you go. There you go. Said, said perfectly. It's only an integrated system here. It's only as strong as its weakest part. You know, I, again, you nailed it right then and there. All right. So Austin, as we, we're going to start to wind it down here. Um, You've given us tremendous information. I love it all. So one thing I like to do as a closing part of my, of my show here is that as a kind of like a final word. So if, you know, because we talked about a lot here, we're going by an hour and 15 minutes. If there was one thing that you want people to walk away from, if they remembered nothing that you said, if they remember this one thing, what would it be?
1: If you want to lose weight you really and truly want to lose weight focus more on what your kids are telling you than your favorite instagrammer me included right because you can sit and listen to me for the next four hours that ain't gonna help you much if your eight-year-old right now is pulling at your leg telling you go outside and play soccer you turn this off right now you go play the game the i think the one thing i i would i would try and get across is is that we are, we are all different, we've got different situations, we've got different little nuances about ourselves. You can find more about the system that's going to benefit you from paying attention to your own family members and the things that the people you enjoy being around enjoy than you are paying attention to me, Sean, or any other p- potential famous Instagram influencer. No, John. Mm. That's just that. Right? That's kind I'm of- not
0: famous. I'm not famous not yet, but I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't offending me. <laughs> that's,
1: that's just the way it is, right? the The amount of things I often lead people to learn from their own household in terms of the ways that they can get their families on these healthy systems is insane, right? Or just like when, when we did the role play, and I gave you your whole system. I'm giving you that system based on you and and the kids and all of that, right? That is Uh your system of success based on you and your family needs. That's going to be different than my time, right? Because I don't have that exact schedule. And I think people are more willing to pay attention to, hey, what is this Instagram influencer saying about what he's doing than, than paying attention to... The people around you in making that situation better right it's, it's not my job to wipe your situation and turn it into mine it's my job to make your situation as as, as beneficial and 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 positive as i possibly can
0: and there you go me
1: making you me that involves me making you the best version of you so i don't need you to pay attention to me and everybody else on Instagram and whatnot. I need you to pay attention to the the kids you have, the people around you, the, the, the what makes you, you. Because the what makes you, you is going to give you the, the best system that that you can hope for.
0: There you go. All right. Austin Wheeler, I thank yeah. you so much for coming up, man. No
1: problem. I had a good time. Good yeah, yeah. Yeah, this has
0: been a great conversation, you know, and you know, uh, worth all, uh, worth all the uh, stop and goes that we had there for a little bit. But, you know, again, we, we got there, we got there. And I thank you again for hanging with me then. I I know it's frustrating. I've had that happen to me and it's fun and frustrating, but you got to ride with it a little bit. But thanks again. Yeah. Thanks again. No problem. No problem. All right. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Fitness Reborn podcast. Again, my name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. And uh, my guest again is Austin Wheeler. He's a personal trainer and to parents and to fathers. And uh, I will put information, uh, Austin's information in the show notes so you can contact him if you like, um, his website, uh, his social media accounts. You can get a hold of him if you like, of course, and I'll put my own social media on there as always. And don't forget, um, I am offering online training, um, to all those who need and want it. And I just uploaded, interestingly enough, a neuromuscular training course. Um, we just talked about that a little bit, but, uh, that'll be up there as well. That's brand new. So check it out. And, um, Austin can't thank you enough. Thanks so much, man.
1: Yeah fun. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. All right. Peace out, everybody. Hope to see you next time. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes. And you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's Ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. You never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.